Uh, so I had a dream uh, when I was on my trip. It was actually really cool because Todd White spoke and he was like, yeah, you know, I go to bed in the presence and I get up in the presence. And he was talking about how, like, according to Jewish, you know, beliefs, the, the, the day actually starts in the evening. So, like, right now we're actually in tomorrow. That's how they started. It's the morning and then evening and then the next day. So the way they look at it is that's why they often would fast, begin their fast at 6 p.m. and end their fast at 6 p.m. Because their days start in the evening. And he was like, so I go to bed and he's like, I when I lay down, that's the start of my day when I go to sleep. He's like, when I go to bed, that's really when I start my day. I was like, man. Hmm. And so it was an interesting way to look at it. He's like, I go to bed in the presence. He's like, and so I make sure like the last thing I want or the first thing I want to do is be in the presence, you know. So he's like, then I go to sleep and then I wake up in the presence. He's like, and I've been asking God, just God, just wake me up in your presence. And he's like, and the Lord's been waking me up before my alarm clock. He's like, why don't you just do that? Why don't you just have faith that God will wake you up to be with him and just ask him like, God, speak to me. Wake me up in your presence like I want to be with you. Go ahead, set your alarm just to be set, you know, because you want to be diligent and seek time with God. But ask the Lord, like, wake me up before the alarm clock. So that night, I mean, it's a conference night. It was pretty late. We got well, it was too, too late. It was late. Yeah, it was late because by the time we got back, I was with Billy and AJ and we were talking. And so it was late. And so Courtney's laughing because when they stay at our house, I usually don't make it to bed to like one, you know, so. But we miss them, love them so much. So anyway, we we're talking. And I uh, finally got shower, got to bed, and I said, okay, I don't care. I'm setting my alarm, whatever. An hour or two with the Lord is better than an hour or two of sleep. So I set my alarm, but I'm like, God, wake me up. So it's crazy because it happened. Like, and he woke me up, and I should have been dead tired, like, normally. And so I think I was getting, like, five and a half hours or something like that. And uh, But I woke up out of a dream. And in the dream, I was sharing the gospel with uh, with people, and um, and I was sharing I was sharing the gospel, uh, and uh, they were like locked on, you know. And I've been trying to incorporate the humility of Jesus in the presentation of the gospel you know he, you know he he left he, he didn't just like like I, we paint this picture religion does man does and they do it because they're trying to you know it's the devil really trying to not allow us to access the power of god but um they paint jesus as like well it was jesus man you know of course he did that of course he live that way super easy for jesus it's jesus right but it wasn't really that way you gotta understand he humbled himself as a man he didn't he didn't walk the earth he was god fully god but he didn't walk the earth in the power as god he walked in the power of god with the holy spirit on him and in him he walked as adam baptized in power 
the second Adam, you know, and like, guys, he was born and really, I know, you know, at Christmas, we like to say he was born in this like manger thing. It was actually a cave, like most likely historically it was a cave and that's, and he's actually born in the same cave that the Passover sheep are born in. And so the, the, in Bethlehem, that's where they kept the lambs that would be for the sacrifice at Passover the next year they were born. And so Jesus, our Passover lamb, was born in the same cave. <laughs> Man, just God is so amazing. You know, it's so good. And what they would do when, when a new lamb was born is they would wrap them in swaddling clothing. And when the Bible says swaddling clothing, it's talking about he's, he was wrapped as a sacrificial lamb, as the Passover lamb for us you know um but think about that that's a cave okay he left streets of gold gate made of a single pearl the ground in which he walked on was precious stones emerald diamond gold you know ruby beautiful this is what the dude the lord in heaven not cheap at all spared no expense you know, we wear gold on our wrists. He walks on it, <laughs> you know. Beautiful water coming from the throne. I mean, crystal clear. You know, you've seen the water in the Mahoney. I mean, he left that for this, you know. <laughs> I mean, think about that, though. You know, no, it's just everywhere. The humility of, well, if you know what Gahana is, Gahana was actually this place where they dumped waste, the waste from your body. It was the dump for the, where they dumped your stuff. And it would create this, there'd be worms in it, and it would get so hot down in the middle that it would burn. And wh so when he says, where the worm never dies and the fire never is quenched. He, there was this mountain of waste with a fire burning inside of it, in the center of it, with worms going through this waste. And he's describing hell and the lake of fire. what he's saying. This is what you'll be in. You know? There's none of that in heaven. He, he was one with the Father. E equal, e one. From the beginning, when God would open his mouth, Jesus would come out. You know, when God spoke, he spoke Jesus. The Word was made flesh. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word is God. Never separated, guys. Let us make them in our likeness and image. Well, who do you think he was modeled after? If Jesus is the express image of the Father, who do you think Adam was modeled after? On the uh, this, this, right? And he, he, he leaves God. 
He leaves his throne. And he's born in a cave. He who knew no sin. And he entrusts his life in the hands of a woman with a sinful nature. Like, guys, Mary was not divine. Mary was a sinner. Mary, Mary was highly favored. And that word favored means that's where that, the unmerited favor, that definition of grace comes in. When they say, oh, Mary, full of grace. Yeah, Un- means she didn't earn it. <laughs> she couldn't earn it. Why? Because she was a sinner. You know, I'm sure she was probably similar in character to someone like a Noah, you know, who with the sin nature was a good person. You know, they they fought to be good, but you couldn't help but sin. But I want you to think about this. The sinless, spotless Lamb of God has to be entrusted to this woman. And we act like because of the sovereignty of God and our misunderstanding of it, that nothing could have happened to this child no matter what. Like you couldn't have stopped it. But this is not so. What, are, what am I talking about? Well, I mean, what in the world is Herod doing trying to kill him? And Herod trying to kill him, if you couldn't stop it, Herod would show up and try to kill the baby, and an angel would just thump the people. And they'd never be able to touch him, but that's not what happened. An angel actually has to come to a Joseph in a dream, which, by the way, now God the Father is letting another a, a sinful man <laughs> raise his son. And trusting that man, he's not going to resent him because he's not his own. Mm. I mean, there's a lot going on here. But an angel comes and warns him in a dream. And they leave and they go, you know, to Egypt. Why? Well, because he could have been killed. God had to trust Joseph would obey. Think about that now. You're in charge forever. Ain't nobody been telling you to do nothing. You've been telling everybody and every, you matter of fact, you're the one who told the sea where to stop. And now you're putting your life in the hands of sinful men and women. That is utter humility. That is. I have not picked up trash on the ground because I didn't want to get my hand dirty. Yet this man leaves his throne and comes and gets born among animals. I'm going to tell you, I've been in a couple births now. You want to talk about sanitary issues? In the cave with some sheep? Heaven, spotless. This dirty, filthy. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not even dust in heaven. This is humility. And so in the dream, I, I, I'm, I'm sharing this humility, how he left, and I, I couldn't get off of it. I just began to weep. 
like I just began to weep. They began to weep. I couldn't move on beyond the, the humility of Jesus. And I really feel like that tonight. That's what God wants to embed it. So, you know, the one thing Jesus says, learn of me. Take of my yoke. Learn of my ways. I am meek and humble. I'm meek and lowly of heart. The, tr- the definition of humility Really, the true definition of humility, the Bible says, is to fear God, right? But it is to be utterly dependent upon the Lord. It's to not do anything in your own strength. It's to not rely. It's to really not rely on your own opinions, on your own judgments. It's to not look on a situation and and say, well, I've got this. I've been here before. Oh, I know all about that. That's not. Oh, that's a rap song like that, huh? Hey, I know all about that. You know all about that. That's a rap song, right? Yeah, it's pride, man. It's not humility. Humility is saying I must decrease. He must increase. Jesus says I (laughs) equal to God, yet I don't do anything that my father does not first tell me. We select people to serve out of convenience. But Jesus, the spotless flaw, the Bible says the word of God is flawless. And then it calls Jesus the word of God, meaning what? Jesus is flawless. So incapable of error, right? Yet, though he was incapable with error, he still didn't depend upon himself not to make an error, <laughs> but look to the Father for instruction. Although he could of in himself fully completed the task, he did not. But he died to himself and he yielded and became dependent fully on the Father. This, this attribute of hu- hu- humility, this, <laughs> I was talking to somebody, uh, discipling somebody the other day, and something just came out of my spirit. You ever do that? You just say something, and you're like, oh, that didn't come from me. That was from my spirit. And I said, I wish I could go back, because this person was talking about, what am I going to do with my life? Has God called me to the ministry? Has God called me to this? Has God called me to that? I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, slow down. Just love Jesus. I am loving Jesus. Just just, just love Jesus. Well, what about this? And searching this part, this doctrine out and this deal. And I'm like, listen, listen. I said, I wish I could go back and tell my I spent one year in 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 good study, good study on the gift of healing. I spent about a year studying healing in works. Meaning what? I woke up one day and said, I'm going to really master healing. I didn't wake up one day and God said, go learn healing. I woke up and said, nope, I'm going to go after healing. And I made a decision and I spent a year. Thank God he used it and he probably led me in some moments. I said, I wish I would go back. And I spent that year on humility alone. Because let me tell you, 
the Bible says God gives grace, not merely unmerited favor, but divine power to the, hum to the humble. If we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, he exalts us in due time. That if I make humility my goal, the power of God working within me will fulfill all his desires and all his will through me. How, how do we know? Man, I felt the power just then. How do we know this? What was the most powerful, miraculous act that any person ever did? Well, it was the cross. It was the death and burial. It was, it was, it was willingly submitting yourself to cruci the crucifixion, the whipping, the beating, the scourging, the humility. And Jesus goes into the garden. And, and listen, guys. He didn't want to do this. Jesus, how do we know f Jesus had flesh? A, he was tempted in the garden. And, and B, B, he did not want to go to the cross in his flesh. His heart, though, his soul was to do the will of the Father. But he didn't want, he did not want to pay that price. He said, he said it in the garden. If there is any way, take this cup from my hand. Take this cup from my hand. Nevertheless, not my will, but your be. It was so tough that he begins to sweat blood. You know, but we, we don't even reverence the Lord in his house sometimes. We don't even reverence the Lord in prayer sometimes. Like we, you know, if we're honest, I'm guilty, you know, Facebook pops up or a message pop up or I'm shopping in the middle of service or I'm, you know, whatever it is. I mean, and that's like, you know, not, it's not humility. <laughs> it's not, it's not because it's really believing that again, whatever I feel like doing in the moment is the right thing to do. Therefore, when you do what you feel like doing, you become your own God. It's proven in the garden of Gethsemane. Man. In a garden, a man did what he felt like and brought damnation upon the whole world. And in another garden, a man did what God told him to do and not what he felt like and brought salvation to the world. We just sing it. I am not my own. To you I belong. I give myself. I give myself to you. You know, this is hu hum humility. <sighs> this is the, like no. Tonight I'm preaching Jesus. Tonight this is Jesus. This is the lowly lamb. This is the meek. And humble man that stooped down and washed the feet of a man who would sell him for silver. Mm -hmm. 
you know. But we get bent out of shape when somebody won't let us get over in a lane. Not humility. Speaking to me, you know. And I, I need the grace of God. You need the grace of God. You don't want your own strength. You don't want your own ability. I even encourage you, Mr. Boggs, even in pipe bending. God, what if, what if, what if, and I've done it, and so I'm speaking, you know, I'm speaking to me too. What if there's times where you become so dependent upon the muscle memory of you all have, you're doing it the way you always done it, but the Holy Spirit wants to drop inside of you a new strategy and give you wisdom that will do it faster? What if he wanted to drop in you a new technique or a new way that would totally revolutionize the entire industry, but we're so caught up in our own strength and our own abilities and talents that we don't have the humility to hear and receive the grace to do it? I'm 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 guilty even here. I, I'm telling you, I could, I I can write sermons. I can study, and write, and I've been given gifts, and the gifts that God has given me and given you are they're out they're out they're they're without repentance, meaning you can operate in gifts on your own and without submission to the the Father. You can prophesy and heal the sick and cast out devils even when you decide to and do what you feel like. Why is humility in the fear of the Lord? Because without the fear of the Lord, which is, is, is reverence, there's no instruction. If you're void reverence, you're void instruction. What is reverence? Being mindful of God. It's the psalmist said, I set the Lord always before me. I am walking always with the Lord in mind. Lord, is this pleasing to you or unpleasing to you? Paul said it this way, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, which is your seal unto salvation. Meaning you getting in because of what Jesus did and the Holy Ghost sealed on you, in you. Don't grieve him, meaning what? Meaning he's speaking to you. Many of us say, well, we don't hear God. Well, I would encourage you to go back and obey him the last time he told you to do something. So many of us are caught up in building a life that we think we want that we miss the life the Lord has for us. show you what pride will do pride will take your maidservant and give it to your husband pride will allow another woman into your marriage in order to produce what you think God said to you or 
how you think what God said to you will come to pass. And you think, we think those don't have repercussions yet. This one has a major repercussion and many of our brothers and sisters have faced that repercussion. And I'm speaking of Ishmael. Pride will make you get your father drunk and go into him and lay with him and create the nation of Moabite who did all kinds of abominable things. Pride will cause you to sell your birthright. Because you want to feel different. That's why Esau sold it. He felt off because he was hungry. And he sold his birthright to Jacob to feel different. You know, the devil enticed Eve with something she already possessed. Eat this and you'll be like God. <laughs> she was already made in his likeness and image. She was already without sin. Pride will make you kill your brother over an applause. Over a pat on the back. There is a way that seems right to a man. But in the end it is death. The heart is deceitful above all else. Jesus didn't even trust himself in that moment in the garden. I, <laughs> I don't want to do this. Take it away, Lord. Take it away. Nevertheless, not my will, meaning I don't trust me. What I feel in the moment. You say, what do you mean? He was the word. He didn't trust me. Yeah, but he was really feeling something in the moment. That's what I'm trying to say. He had a real strong feeling of not wanting to go do that. He's saying, I, I'm not trusting this feeling. I'm trusting. My hope is in you. My faith is in you. You know, I, I love in, in somebody, it, 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 they're a brand new believer, somebody, they went to a church and they shared a, the story of Abraham and his son Isaac and the sacrificial thing, and it really threw them for a loop. And they were like, I don't know, this sounds like a cult. You know, like they just really threw them off. And, uh, and so, but man, I'm, I'm reading, I went back and read that story and uh, I've been doing the, you know, read through the Bible in, in six months and we just went through that story. If you've been on that journey with us and, you know, I'm reading it. Not once does Abraham question God. He didn't be like, are you sure? Huh? What? He's like, okay, come on, Isaac. His son's like, Lord, where's the lamb? He's like, 
God will provide the sacrifice. Then he gets him up. And I mean, I don't know how he talked Isaac into laying on that table because I wasn't getting on there. You know, (laughs) it's like, get up there, you know. And then he's like. And what's crazy is he's still operating in, 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 in faith with who God is because he's waiting on that angel to speak. You know what I mean? He's waiting on He wasn't just like, in so many times we do that. Oh, man, come on. Listen, this will free you up if you'll catch this. So many times we get a word from the Lord and barrel off. I've got the word of the Lord now. We're not looking for the voice of the Lord on the journey. And we're like, I got, what if, what if Abraham had said, I have the word of the Lord, kill my son. Yep, I know what I need to do now. I heard God, Oop, and I'm good. And he just takes off and leaves the Lord. <laughs> Isaac would have been dead. But even on the journey, he's like, oh, this doesn't sound like you. I don't know really what's going on. But I know that you told me I'd have a kid, and I had a kid at 100. And by the way, even crazier, when he's like 120, I think it is, he marries another woman and has like seven more kids. Do you know that? Abraham does it. Her name was Keturah. Yeah, he has like seven more kids at 120. Now, what was the more greater miracle, that or? <laughs> but he trusts him, you know, and then he's waiting. He's reverencing God. He's he's being humble. He's he's he's, and the angels stop. Don't do it. You know, ooh, man. Jesus. And I want to say something to humility. You're not a pushover when you're humble. Doesn't equal that. All right. All what humility is, is like, there's no rule of thumb here. The only rule is righteousness, being right with God, listening to his voice. You know, but you see Jesus, let me tell you, when Jesus flipped the tables, he was still the most humble person to ever walk the planet. But we don't make a doctrine out of flipping tables. You know, it's righteous when it comes from the right one, (laughs) the righteous one. Moses. I mean, the ground is opening up and swallowing people whole. He was still humble. Bible says the most humble man to live at that time. Dependent upon the Lord. I, I won't go. Like, catch this. I will give you the promised land. I will watch over my word to perform it, meaning I've already spoken it. It's that when Gabriel came and said to Mary, or said to, uh, sorry, Zechariah, that your son will be born, right? And then he didn't receive the word. He didn't have humility, so he was mute for the duration of the word. Uh, And he says, but the power to fulfill the word's already been released. So God releases this promise to the Israelites, hey, promised land. They get right up to the promised land. Moses goes, I'm not stepping. Even though you said to go, I'm not going without you. 
am going nowhere without you. I am dependent upon you. So many times we become dependent upon things instead of him. You know, whether it be, and I'm speaking to all human, uh, whether it be that cigarette or that movie or that, you know, that video or that song or that, you know, these things like to feel differently, to feel different. And this flesh is, this flesh is screaming. You are, you always can tell it's the flesh because the flesh will scream for a satisfaction that comes from this world. But the spirit will scream for a satisfaction that comes from him. And as you're renewed and grow up in your Lord, eventually you get to that place where David's like, hey, even my flesh was crying out for the presence of God. But this humility, this this meekness, this, this lowliness of heart. This is what God is looking for in the earth. He's looking for his son in us. Like, I, I'm at the place where I don't want to live in my own strength in any area anymore. And so I have to believe that if God said it, he'll do it. So if he said, be free from this, then the grace is there. And what is being humble in the moment? Like, like say, I'm trying to quit smoking. Say, I'm trying to, I don't want to do this anymore. I, this thing's had power over me. That thing's had power over me. What is humility in the moment? It's saying that I believe that if God doesn't want me to do this, then the power not to do it is present. And that has nothing to do with me, but everything it does has everything to do with him. I'm not dependent. Man, you're stepping into works when you're like, I got this. I can fight this off. I'm never going back to that sin. That thing won't have control over me because I'm not going to let it. That's pride. Humility says that thing won't have control over me because God lives in me and God is able to empower me and free me from it. Dependence upon him. Let's pray. Holy Spirit. Make us like Jesus. Let's pray that together. Holy Spirit, make us like Jesus. Humility, lowliness of heart. Whew. I can tell you one of the greatest places to develop and allow the Holy Spirit to produce humility in your life is sitting in stillness before the Lord. It's just your flesh wants to do something, wants to be fidgeting, wants to be playing with this thing, playing with that thing, you know, thinking about tomorrow, thinking about later today. What you tell your soul, if you can tell your soul to bless the Lord, you can tell it to be still. And just be with God. Being with God in this way, it births humility because you are becoming, you can't even remain that way without God. Lord, I pray for 
this house to be branded with humility and the grace of Jesus. Humility, Lord, that we would go so low, Lord, that Jesus would be lifted so high. Miracles would break out just spontaneous, Lord, because of the, the humility that there's a place for your power to rest, Lord. There's a place where the, the dove is not grieved, Lord. And that when you say go, we go. And when you say stay, we stay. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on Encounter Podcast. We pray it has been a blessing to you. We would be honored if you would prayerfully consider supporting this ministry by becoming a monthly partner or sowing a one-time offering helping us bring the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ our Lord to the lost and the continued training and equipping of his bride, the church. For more information on how to become a partner or make a donation, please go to Encounter1078.com and click on the donate button. Thank you, and may the mercy and grace of the Lord Jesus be upon you.